0: Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially Registered Dietitians. Today's conversation is with Aaron Kenny, a Registered Dietitian living in Boston with a passion for mental health, sports nutrition, and cooking healthy and delicious food. Erin is very passionate about helping individuals achieve their healthiest self through food nutrition and she really sleeps, eats, and breathes this message. In our conversation today, we talk about how confusing nutrition messaging can be for everyone, including dietitians. What is also very special about Erin is she truly believes in food as medicine, focusing on holistic remedies in her practice, and studying to be a holistic cannabis practitioner. She has also branded her own line of CBD oil and shares what to look for when purchasing a CBD product. They are all not created equal, and I appreciate her sharing her insight. Please enjoy my conversation with Erin.
1: I decided to get
0: to meet you a little bit more over yeah. the airwaves instead of Instagram.
1: I- <laughs> Instagram is great, but it's, it's great to connect. I love, I love getting more in-depth. It's, it's wonderful.
0: I do too. I think it's nice just to have like a voice or just something else a little bit more personal about yep. someone mm-hmm. through, through an actual conversation. So I'm excited to learn more about you mm-hmm. as a dietitian and kind of tell me, maybe take me back to when you got started in dietetics. What what kind of got you in, interested in the field?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple different things that got me interested in it. And um, so I originally started at, in my undergrad, I started with a wellness major and was really doing it from a place of, you know, I, I just want to learn more about nutrition. Um, I was, I grew up a full-time athlete and I was always very active, but I never really had any focus on, you know, what I was putting in my body. Um, and, and then also as a side note, just long history of mental illness, not only, um, mostly in the family. My, my father really suffered, um, most of my life, um, from mental illness. And so that was always something that, you know, was, was, was a struggle for our family, but then also, you know, dealing with my own mental health issues. And so I kind of just took an interest in nutrition, um, coming out of high school and not being an athlete anymore, you know, or on a team. And I said, you know, I'm. It seems like I'm not really sure what I want to do with my life. I'm pretty creative, and um, I like working with people. But that was my my only real compass. And so I said, well, why don't I just pick a major that at least allows me to, you know, benefit myself? So that's where I went with nutrition, and was interested more so in the, you know, kinesiology and um, more of the physical science aspect of things. And so. It wasn't until I graduated um, that I decided that I wanted to go the dietetics route, which was awfully convenient. So my father passed away my junior year of college. And um, you know, after making my own changes to my health and seeing the impact that that made on not only my physical, but my mental health. Um, really inspired me, you know, the, the death of my dad, and then also just my own experience with seeing how it impacted me was what propelled me to really kind of share my story, um, my dad's story with uh, the rest of the world and pursue that passion um, for the life that I had discovered as well. So, oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a very, I mean, that's a very personal side to, I mean, a lot of people don't have that strong personal connection you know they might like oh I want to eat better just because I want I want to feel better but when you have such a personal thing happen in your life that it does kind of change you
1: oh absolutely And, and a lot of people used to say to me and we'll still do and they'll say you know how how is it sustainable for you your lifestyle and I always say well well first of all because it's a lifestyle it's not a diet And, um, you know, other part of it is just that it's something that it's, it's a passion, it's a true passion. And, um, I'm very fortunate to have found a career in that. And I know you talk a lot about that on your page and with, you know, with people. And I, I just love that. I think it's so important that, you know, whether it be your main career or your side career that everyone has, you know, some sort of purpose driven passion behind what they're doing in life.
0: Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna hate it like halfway down. (laughs) And they're gonna be like, "I just want to be a barista at Starbucks (laughs) and and just like rethink my whole path." And and I know that happens to people too, which is Mm -hmm. totally fine. But I agree; like, there has to be something fueling fueling your fire.
1: Yeah,
0: you want to keep doing it.
1: Absolutely.
0: So when you so since you did take a long, I mean, since after the fact after college, you kind of probably had to do a whole bunch of things just to kind of become a dietitian, or did you kind of have most of your background done? and you just kind of need to do the internship?
1: yeah, so I after my undergrad, I went I said I wanted to get a master's degree, um and so I moved home and decided to just finish up a couple more courses I had to do organic chemistry um lovely loved organic chemistry um, so that, doesn't everyone that, and oh my god <laughs> and then I, I so i only had a couple of classes to take and um so did that along finished the dietetics route along with doing my masters so i kind of killed two birds oh. with one stone um so that was that and that took me it actually ended up taking me about 2 years um for the masters and then finishing the dietetics which wasn't too bad um you know given you know what i had already Gone through with my undergrad. And so it felt, it felt like a long time, but then it did fly by and then it was internship time. And, um, I went to, I did Simmons in Boston for my internship. And I know we talk a lot, you know, you, you work a lot with like RD to B's and I, I went through a lot of struggles to get an internship in terms of, You know, learning about the process first and foremost because I I remember we we never really had much education around you know how to apply for an internship or you know what was even out there or what types of positions were out there for RDS. I didn't I I really had no education on that, and so Mm. there was that, and then also being denied from a program that I I had only applied to one program during the first round and was kind of advised to do so and was told, Oh, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll get in, you know, so I I was assuming I was having this guaranteed, you know, next step in my life. And, you know, some things didn't work out the way that I had planned and it felt like the end of the world at the time, but, um, it pursued me to then, you know, really learn about the process and what else was out there in terms of internships. And I ended up getting an internship at Simmons in Boston, which was, you know, they say one door closes, another door opens. It was like sign from God, the best thing that could have happened to me because it was just such a great opportunity. And I moved to Boston and now I've started my career here. So really propelled me into my next journey, which again, at the time when I didn't get in the first time was, you know, it's hard to see it when you're in that, that position.
0: <laughs> well, and I think, don't you feel like it's hard to, when you, when you feel like you're a good student and you feel like it mm-hmm. work. Super hard and then you're just totally devastated by something that you thought oh that I'm a shoe a shoo-in for this
1: yeah yeah no it was it was a it was a good life lesson for me honestly it was really really a great experience at the time I didn't see that but
0: <laughs> no it's but, too hard
1: it's too yeah. hard at that moment absolutely yeah. but I I, but that's I, great though. I just I, feel for people going through the the matching process and everything it's it's so it's stressful it's really tough and um you know I give give everyone a lot of credit for going through it. You know, we work hard, so.
0: I know. And I think, I think dietitians need to get more recognition for that because oh, I think sure. we hear about, oh, like match day for doctors and, mm-hmm. you know, where they're going to get their programs at, but no one talks about how stressful
1: with his for yeah, dietitians. and not yeah. to mention we only get matched with we get one and don't don't doctors get like multiple different ones option yes. Yeah,
0: they have like I think three maybe two to three options that they can kind of choose
1: between. Yeah, we're one and done. Yeah. Like we don't. If
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't get it, and if you don't like it, well, either you you're you're out of luck. You just yeah. have to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had agree. a person. I had a person in my internship. She actually had a move to iowa she lived in arkansas and she had to do like a six month one and this was like her only option and so she moved from arkansas for six months just to do her internship that was so and ridiculous had a, had a husband you know had a complete life and i'm no. like that just shows like some people those are the people that really want to be dietitians <laughs> so if you keep, you keep pursuing it you know like you did too you got yeah. denied that first time and then kept at it and you found one that was actually a better
1: choice yeah and that's why us dietitians are so resilient <laughs> right. <laughs> right they make us strong yeah not exactly. because we want to be <laughs> exactly exactly
0: so how long so tell me more about your internship how long was it what kind of things did you focus on yeah
1: so um simmons is a community focused internship and so you know obviously you have the standard rotations um And I loved my program directors. They were so awesome. One of the things that initially drew me to the program was the fact that they really customized your experience in the sense that they took feedback from, um, you know, all of the previous interns. And if there wasn't a good site, they would, you know, adjust that. Or if you had a certain interest, they really tried to match you to either areas that you were comfortable in, but then also areas that you needed more, you know, practice in. So they really individualize it in that sense, which I loved. And, um, I just had some incredible rotations. Like I, I was working at Shriners hospital with, um, you know, severe burn and trauma unit. And, you know, you wouldn't get that experience at some of these other, you know, just, yeah, basic, basic internship programs, which again, they're, they're fantastic, but this was something specifically that I, I wanted more exposure and, um, variety and flexibility. So that was one of the rotations that, you know, it was just, it was amazing. You know, that opportunity to work in that population was, was great. And then, you know, all the other rotations and community settings and really getting involved. And, um, you know, I'm from outside of Boston, but I, I don't know much about, but I didn't know much about Boston at the time. So having to kind of immerse myself in the community, not only just as a person, but also as a dietitian professional was really I think amazing to start my career and start, you know, my, my life here in Boston.
0: That's awesome. How long, so then how long were you, how long was it?
1: Oh yeah. Sorry. It was, um, eight months, eight months. Yeah. Which that's a pretty good,
0: that's a heavy dose of reality to like accustom accustom yourself to a new city and all the places to go and And a place to live. (laughs) and.
1: It was tough. And I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of public transportation only for the fact that I'm just not familiar with it. And I think, you know, we all don't, we don't like things that we're not comfortable with. And so it took me a while to venture out towards the, the train, but you would laugh if you saw how easy it was to get from my front door to um, some of my sites. But I, I still drove to some of them because I was that, yeah. I was that anxiety. <laughs>
0: Oh, I can resonate with that. The unknown is always so scary. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you use public transportation now?
1: All the time. It's so funny. I've been here for, you know, a little over two years now and I park my car and I leave it there for weeks at a time and I don't touch it because I, I've now, I respect public transportation and I realize it is so necessary if you want to get anywhere in boston at a reasonable time <laughs> <laughs> that's good we'll
0: or not have a car at some point but you probably go home and see your family so yeah it's nice. i uh, do yeah 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 that's different it's a different lifestyle i mean it'd be hard to to kind of make that transition yeah not having a car if you're used to having it. yeah <laughs> So after internship, you passed your test, fantastic, amazing thing. So what kind of was your first stepping stone into your career?
1: Yeah. So I, I had been kind of, I had the idea of doing my own thing for a while and I, you know, the clinical side of things was never, you know, I think a lot of dietitians will say, you know, clinical, I'm not really interested in it. I never had a hard set no on anything. I really went into it with an open mind of you know I mean obviously I was I've been in school for so many years like somebody just you know take me and give me a job <laughs> part of it is that <laughs> Yeah, but, but also you know I knew that I I know myself and I knew that if I was doing something that made me unhappy or I didn't feel was you know purpose-driven then I would just burn out because I didn't take you know any time off between school and master's and internship so you know, I needed something that was really going to be like, okay, you know, this is, this is what you should be doing, which is a little, you know, tough because you're an entry-level dietitian, right? So Mm -hmm. the idea of, you know, pursuing my passion was pretty scary, but I had been seeing clients, um, you know, friends, family for, for years and kind of coaching and just doing that here and there, even while I was in school, and okay. so I had kind of already set myself up with not only just the practice of already working one-on-one with clients, but also just the the idea of okay, you know, how do I how do I market myself? Um, and which really didn't mean anything other than just you know sharing my story with other people. And so when I finished my internship, I looked around and looked for some jobs, and I I, I knew I wanted to do something along the lines of you know, something in the field of mental health. And so my sister is actually, she's sober, um, six years sober. And she works at a recovery center that she, you know, was in the program for. And so I, they hired me as the dietitian, So I'm now the dietitian for their two companies out in California. I see those clients virtually. And oh, wow. yeah, which is amazing. They're, they're honestly probably, I don't mean to pick favorites, but they're probably my favorite clients to work with. Um so I work with those clients um on a weekly basis and then I also, you know, the fitness aspect of it was really, you know, I love the idea of eating for performance and fueling your body and um you know, growing up a full-time athlete anyway, it was always something I was really passionate about so I I found Wellness in Motion Boston, which is an amazing company. They have chiropractors and acupuncturists and massage therapists and their I really love their mission and I just sent the boss an email Ian is his name, Dr. Nurse, and said, you know, hey, really love your company. Are you looking to hire anyone? And he brought me in for an interview and he's like, yeah, you're hired. So I I tapped into a couple different areas of places that I knew that I wanted to really touch. And then I said, okay, and now I'm going to focus on building my own brand and my own thing. And so fast forward to here, and that's kind of where I'm still at is I'm You know, still working for those companies, contracting for them, and um, you know, then opening my door to anybody else.
0: That is really awesome. I think that's one thing as dietitians, which that's awesome that you did that. Is hey, just go find find something that you're interested in. Why not just go ask? Yeah, you you did.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, I applied for so many jobs on you know Indeed and you know Job Finder, whatever, and none of the none of those jobs. I didn't even hear back from so many of them. And I Very just lovely. kind of knew that and this was the same thing for the internship too. The reason why I love Simmons is because they allowed you to submit a video that, you know, said why you wanted to be in the program. And I loved I love the opportunity of just okay, you sit down and you talk with someone and you tell them why they should hire you. And I think when people meet people one on one or when you are more personable, it's a lot easier to, you know, make those connections. And I, I just had a feeling that that's how I would kind of you know find myself in the industry
0: kind of just having that one-on-one in-person touch with people yeah and I I, I'd like you to talk more about um being in the field of mental illness you know Mm. that's not something that we get yeah a lot of education on so Mm -hmm. how do you how did you kind of navigate I know your own personal experiences but how do you kind of break into that field how do you get education what Mm -hmm. did you do get the knowledge to
1: help those individuals. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, like you said, one of the biggest things was experience. I mean, growing up with a father with mental illness, um, you know, just really propelled me to do my own research and a big, big fan of the gut microbiome. Um, I've been going to conferences for that for years. I was always attending conferences even before I became a registered dietitian in the mental health field, especially regarding the gut microbiome and just learning, you know, starting with the foundation of, okay, the science of the body, how does it work? You know, depression, anxiety, um, schizophrenia, even as deep as those conditions and just learning really the science behind it. And then, you know, I actually, in my undergrad, I worked for a, um, a, a wonderful company, um, programs for people, which is a day program for people that, they basically help people with mental illness get back on their feet and it's a day program and it's, it was incredibly wonderful. I taught nutrition classes to them. And so that was a, a great way for me to get experience. And, um, so yeah, does that answer your question a little bit? I guess that yeah, was, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, yeah. and I like that you said that you went to conferences even before you became a dietitian because yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go just when you're a professional. You yeah. Can go if you have an interest.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. Is you know we see it as a chore. I love going to conferences. If they were free, Geo. that would be obviously ideal. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: right, <Yeah. laughs> it's like maybe one could be free a year. That would yeah. be nice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you, do you still kind of try to? I know that you've been to a lot of them, but I mean, the new research. Like, do you still feel like that is just always something that you need to stay up on so you understand changes?
1: Oh yeah, and, absolutely. I think um, you know what we see is, um, you know, I see a lot of things being thrown around for years of, you know, statements of, oh, we found this in research, but who's really checking up on it and seeing what's updated in it? Because we, we trust research, right? But we don't necessarily, I don't think everyone sees the value of really making sure that you're staying up to date. And it's, and it's hard, right? Because how are you supposed to in your everyday life, especially when you're, you know, you have a career and a, or a family or whatever, stay up to date on all of it. And, Um, some of the things that I've found helpful are finding like podcasts where, um, like there was, I think it was Chris Kresser, Dr. Rushi or something. They, they have a lot of research that they actually, they'll present the study and they'll, they'll talk about the bias. So just listening to educational things like that for people that are in the research field and staying on top of them, following them on social media, um, you know, reading books and books even take a while to come out, but you know, I just do. staying on, staying on top of things and, you know, just like doing your research on your own as well, but following people in in the research field and keeping that connection is also really have, has been helpful for me.
0: What was the name of the podcast? Just the one that, with the research that
1: I think it's, I think it was um, Chris Cresser. Yeah. I think he okay. was the one and he, he has an RD section to his as well. And what I loved about his research and Dr. Ruscio's is that it's very unbiased. It's very, um, you know, they present it in a very unbiased way where it's, you know, here's the research, here's the issues with this research study. Like they'll say, okay, here's how many subjects did they use? That was probably about, there's no, you know, they're not, they're not swaying you in any way, which I I think I really appreciate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think dietitians we, we need to be more on top of that stuff. Oh yeah. I think, I think some, sometimes we can get kind of lax, like we can just Read like the, the bullet, the bullet headlines that everybody yeah. else reads, and yep. we comment, but we don't really get into it and kind of realize what's more of the city about, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. we need to know about it before we're either commenting or not commenting. Yes, so that's something I'm trying to be better at to myself because I know I was probably when I was a younger dietitian, I was more into it, and yeah. now that I'm a little bit older dietitian, I'm like, well, yeah, I don't really.
1: <laughs> yeah no, it's so true. You're right. It's it's, it's hard to to really invest in it. You know, I, I, I really invest my time into it. So I make the time to do it, but it's hard, you know, it's time consuming. Reading research can be time consuming. So also having Mm -hmm. those, those backups of, okay, well, this person's also doing this for me. So how can I make it a little easier to stay up to date on it as well? Sure. And a podcast, but definitely. Yeah. that (laughs)
0: When you have done your research and the microbiome and the gut and the brain and all that connection. Mm-hmm. What has been the most fascinating thing that you've learned about that you try to apply in your practice?
1: I think the the impact of stress on um, you know our gut. I think that's one of the biggest things. Is a lot of people come to me and they want to talk about food, and of course the, the the connection between what we're putting in our bodies is so important. Um, but I always like to use the example of a garden. You know, putting planting the seed versus watering the plants is you know, you have to have that foundation. And sometimes if we're putting high levels of stress to our, on our body and our gut microbiome, you know, it's hard to see improvements with just food if we're not, if we're not addressing it from a holistic perspective. So I think the direct impact of number one is stress, but then the food that we put in our bodies and how that, that can absolutely change your gut microbiome and not even your gut microbiome, but your genetics because of that. So that's just, it's just fascinating to me.
0: Do you, and you know, it kind of is to me too. And I guess I always think about like my role sometimes as a dietitian. I'm becoming more of like a therapist. Yeah. Like a, not necessarily a food therapist, but kind of like that emotional aspect therapist. So Mm -hmm. kind of dealing with the stress part first Mm -hmm. and the food part second. Do you find that in your practice?
1: It's funny that you say that because I, I, because I'm, I don't work, closely with a lot of other dietitians. It's nice to hear you say that because um, I feel, <laughs> I feel the same way. And, um, okay. you know, it, and of course, you know, I work in the mental health field, but just, it doesn't, aside from that with my other clients, it's, it, it does a lot of the time feel more like being a therapist and, um, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, it's just very interesting to me that, it's, well, not interesting, but it's funny when people come into your office and they think they're just going to talk about food. And um, right. sometimes we don't even touch food. We don't even talk about it. And it's maybe, maybe, you know, five or six sessions down the line, but there's, there's got to be that, that foundation there.
0: Well, that makes me happy that you say too, because <laughs> oh, sometimes I'm like, we am going to talk about food for the last three sessions yeah. and am I, am I doing a disservice to this client no. or am I doing something wrong as a dietitian, or the practitioner, or is this really part of a big part of what we should be doing?
1: Yeah. And you know what? I think it's, it's almost a blessing in some cases because, you know, it's, it's almost as if they were put there for a reason. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of humans in general, where we have the, the ability to be empathetic, we have the ability to, you know, help other people and connect with other people, and I I feel that that should be a huge focus of our training because of how it does end up that ends up falling into our laps. So, you know, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think we just need to make sure that we're, you know, we're prepared for it.
0: <laughs> I do too, and I think yeah. that you're right. I think it needs to be part of our training. And yeah, it needs to be part of it sooner than later mm-hmm. because I think, like you said, there's just such a huge connection between our brains and our guts and our ability to, to um, just be able to have a happy life, a stress-free life, Mm -hmm. not obsess about food, all of that kind of stuff It all. Absolutely. So kind of tell me a day, so you have your own practice, you are doing some contracting across Mm -hmm. the oceans, basically. (laughs) And, you know, how do you kind of balance and how do you work with you know, is it difficult working with someone virtually versus someone in person?
1: Like maybe talk yeah. about that a little. That's a great question. And, and to be honest, I was really nervous um, starting out in that in that way, doing the virtual stuff. And I don't really see anyone else virtually um, other than this with those two companies, because I, I really prefer to meet with people in person um, but I was nervous at first and I thought, you know, okay, how am I going to connect with them? Is this going to impact, you know, our work together? Cause one of the things I really value is my ability to connect with other people. And is there going to be that disconnect? And, you know, I've been, been there for several months now and I have found that it, it's not limiting at all because we're, you know, we are video, so I can see their expressions and, um, there's no lag or anything like that. And, you know, it, it takes, it takes a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit longer to open up with someone when you're on video, you know, I'd say a few minutes or so more than maybe if you were physically in front of the person, but especially these clients, they're, they're already, you know, going through different therapies and stuff throughout the day, maybe before or after they're seeing me. So it's, it, they're very used to kind of opening up a little bit. So I think it's, there's also that side of it that does make things a little bit easier but, um, yeah, I think you, you really have to make sure that you're, you're using, I, I don't know, maybe emphasizing certain things because it's over video, but really making sure that you're paying very close attention to detail of, you know, doing certain things to make sure that you're not losing that personal, um, you know, in-person connection.
0: That's a very good point. If I can see myself sometimes not paying as close attention as I should. Yes. Yeah. Screen. Yep. Yeah, in person.
1: So, yeah. And, and I, I blow it up. Like I just had a client, um, right before we got on here and I blow up the screen so that I can see myself and I can see them. So it's my full screen. I don't have anything else in the background. Um, I used to take notes on my computer. Now I take notes on my note, like just by hand. Um, I put my phone on do not disturb. So it is, I am really focusing on and it, it makes it feel more personal to be honest. And then I also, um, I go out there every once in a while. So just a couple weeks okay. ago, I, I did a trip out there and I do seminars. So I'll go out and we'll do a, we'll do part of its cooking. So for instance, the last talk that I did was on the gut mind connection and I talked all about the gut microbiome and, um, you know, foods for mental health. And I, then we did a, we paired it with a food. So salmon for the omega threes and some, like some coleslaw sauerkraut for probiotics and, and then, you know, that kind of, for me to see the nurses and the staff and then also yeah. some of the clients that were in at the time was really great because it just, it it somehow just brought it closer, you know, and it, so that helps as well.
0: Yeah, seeing the environment that they're in and now yes. that, that you can kind of um, talk to their caretakers and just be kind of yes. you
1: know, we'll have that personal connection. Well, that's awesome mm-hmm. that you can go do that too. That's yeah. really great. Yeah. Who doesn't love food right <laughs> yeah I know. And, and the chef oh my gosh both of them they're just incredible and I'm very close with both of the chefs there we're we're almost like texting every day and so that helps too because you know I know what snacks they have on hand I know what the chef is cooking um you know so I and he is oh my gosh his food is incredible like I wish you could he's making the most exquisite dishes I'm like if I could eat this every day that would be wonderful <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just, we should just all have a personal chef, right? I agree. I, mean? <laughs> I agree.
1: <laughs>
0: so at home, when you're doing your consultations, you, mm-hmm. do you go on site to some of your contracted, the contract that you have in Boston, or do you yes. meet at home? Mm-hmm. Or what does it look like for you at your business at home?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, so a lot of the times I'm actually traveling to my clients, um, and this is for my, for my nutrition rewired personal business. And so for those clients, a lot of the times we're I'm either going to their home or we're meeting at a, a shared workspace or a coffee shop. Um, and then for wellness in motion, they have multiple different offices. So I will see those clients in those offices that I get to use their office space, which is great. Um, but you know, on any given day I could be taking the tea to one place and then another place and then going back home and then driving, you know, to another location and then maybe seeing a client on Skype in my apartment. And so it's, it's all over the place. There's, I, I've gotten a little bit better at structuring it to have some sort of consistency, but, um, I am all over the place is the best way for me. To put you? It. Do you like that? Do you like yeah, that? I do. Correctly? I like it to an yeah. extent. Yeah.
0: Um, do you feel like you get pulled too many directions some days?
1: Um, you know, some days, yes, I won't lie, but there are, there are things that I have learned. Like for instance, if I say, okay, I'm going to book one day as my, you know, stay at home day and get, you know, all my notes and stuff like that done. And so I think just organization and, and planning has really helped it not feel as hectic. And then, other than that, I, I think I really do enjoy just having multiple things going at once. And um, I, I've, I've not yet to be bored. It feels like I've been doing this for like forever and it's fun and it's really fun. <laughs> well, that's good. That's yeah. Good. You can say yeah. it's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Cool. yeah.
0: What do you, I know that you have your own personal business and it's called yeah. Nutrition Rewired. So what is kind of the vision for your business? Where did the name come from? Mm -hmm.
1: So it basically, I had, I had high on health was my, like, I was in college and I was trying to come up with a cool name and I was into fitness and (laughs) nutrition and I wasn't really like drinking in school. Like I had kind of gone through the big party phase in high school. And so I thought a cute name would be high on health. So That was my my first name. And then, you know, when I decided to get a little bit more professional and a little bit of um, encouragement from my mother, um, she's like, that's not really a professional name. People might get the wrong idea. So so I said, "Okay, fair enough. And um, I said I sat down, you know, took a pencil and was like, "Okay, what is it that I feel like I want to portray through my brand name? And I loved the idea of rewiring kind of multiple things about our body. So one being, okay, the brain <clears throat> and the way that we view nutrition and food and just overall wellness and, you know, rewiring what we've been taught and some of the misconceptions about health and what that looks like. And then also, you know, with with as we age, we go through multiple things in life. We take medications, we, you know, go through different things that kind of, cause alterations in our body. So getting back to more of a state of homeostasis and rewiring the body and that's more of a physical sense. So that's kind of where I came up with the name.
0: (laughs) I like it. Yeah. I like it. I wish you could put all those things underneath your your name (laughs) of your business so people understand.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Some people, I think it's not the most, it's not the catchiest name. And, um, part of it was like, okay, well also what domain name is available, right? If we're being realistic, you need to find a domain name. And so, you know, it's, it's some people, I I like to explain it because like you said, it's, it's not as obvious and, um, but that's the mission behind it. So we'll see, maybe it'll change down the road, who knows, but for now I'm rolling with it.
0: (laughs) I like it. I like it. And what do you kind of see for the future of your business? What's kind of the next steps for you?
1: Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about that. And I was actually, um, I do some meal prep for some clients and that, that part of my business was actually start. It's not really part of my business. It was just a side hobby. Um, I, I cook for a couple people on Sundays. I, some of my clients, I just, I meal prep all their food for the week. And de- and deliver it to them, and so oh my that gosh, was, where do you yeah. have time to do that? <laughs> I know I, you can see why I'm still single. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my gosh! So I love to cook, and um, so I, you know, there's I, you know, it's a great thing to do to just be able to make people food and deliver it, and it's tailored to their nutrition. And who doesn't love, like you said, we'd all like a personal chef, and essentially they have one. Mm-hmm. And Um, so that started out as something I was thinking about doing recently. And then, um, after doing some thought, I realized, okay, that's not necessarily where my passion is. I don't necessarily want to be in the food service industry being in a manage manager position. And, um, so I guess my point is, is I'm in a state right now where I'm trying to figure out where I'm going, but I know for sure that I want to grow my nutrition, you know, counseling business and, um, start including something on a larger scale in terms of, I love working one-on-one with clients and I never want to lose that, but I really love speaking in front of groups. Um, I've, you know, big groups, small groups, whatever. I love community. And so maybe expanding, you know, doing something like I'll be doing, I'm going to be start doing cooking classes at a cardiology clinic in, um, Chestnut Hill here in Boston. And so I'm really excited to do that. We're going to do, um, you know, like meal prep, uh, food demos and things like that with nutrition education behind it. So, you know, moving towards that direction and, you know, reaching people on a larger scale is important to me, but not losing that individual one-on-one. So, you know, maybe next year I'll, I'll have a physical practice. Um, I've, I've already credentialed with insurance companies. So, uh, I just don't have someone doing billing, so it's it's there, but I'm not actually, you know, billing insurance right now, so maybe at some point I'll, I'll pursue that and have an office space, but um, just kind of, you know, I've been le- it's, it's only been a short time since I've, you know, started my business, but it feels like, you know, everything's been moving really fast, and I'm trying to, you know, just make sure that I'm taking it slow and um, seeing where it goes. I'm also becoming a holistic cannabis practitioner. I know you you've seen my CBD oil that I launched recently. Um, so that's always going to be part of my practice. Um, I'm now educating people on the uses of, you know, cannabis and CBD oil. And so I, I'm already growing that line. I now having a pet line, it should be here next week. So now I can offer that to my clients, pets and, um, so that's kind of a way to set my practice apart and offer people a holistic alternative to some of the, the common ailments that we hear in our everyday lives. So that's another thing that, that we're in the works.
0: I think, well, and I think you need to talk about that a little bit more because yeah. I think that's an area of dietetics that I'm so interested in. And I think a lot of people are. So becoming yeah. a practitioner in it, what is involved in that? is that? Yeah. So,
1: so I was, you know, I was at Fancy and I, what were you at Fancy?
0: I wasn't this past year. No.
1: Okay. Okay. So this year they had a great talk on cannabis and it was, that was initially what propelled me to just move forward with it because I, my grandfather specifically, he's had chronic pain forever and um, kind of a last resort was trying CBD oil, which was something that really seemed to help him. And, you know, also had tried using it myself before from a friend's mom who had been, you know, selling it through a small company. And so I knew the benefits that, you know, close to home of it, but never thought, okay, I would incorporate this into my business Um, but then having a history of also being on, you know, multiple medications myself for things, you know, in the past and really just being more cautious for reaching for, you know, a pill for things, you know, the use of CBD was very intriguing to me. And so fancy seeing that as part of the dietetics field and its emergence was crazy. I was, I thought, wow, this is amazing. Um, I have to, I have to get into this. And so, becoming a holistic cannabis practitioner, um, it's through the Holistic Cannabis Academy, and they are um, they're recognized by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, which I, which is part of why I chose the the certification. And so, you do you know a sort of courses online. It's you pay tuition as if you would you know for a regular college. It's not cheap, <laughs> um, but at the end, you're able to really coach people through the uses of you know, medical cannabis and then also just dosage wise and really giving people some guidance on an area that is very, you know, I think we're all pretty skeptical of it and it's very new. And so I'm excited to, to kind of bring that as part of my practice.
0: I think that's awesome
1: because
0: I feel like it's everywhere, but no one really knows enough about it. Like you said, and they're just, they're scared of it, but they also are very intrigued by it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go to a local coffee shop and they're like, would you like a coffee with some CBD oil in it? And it's okay. okay. Like we don't even know what we're, what we're putting in there. So I wanted to really bring a product that I could ensure that there was, you know, quality was a big thing, but then safety and just being able to show people that, you know, you really need to, you know, try trusting someone where you're getting the source and they need to provide you with you know the certificate of analysis showing that there is no THC in it because a lot of these products out there they actually do have THC in it, and some people aren't looking for that or don't need that part of the the plant for some of the things they're looking for. So there's there's so many things to consider, and I I, I really you know I I wanted to bring something that was a great quality, safe product to people, and so that's where my where my intention was. So how does one
0: find? I mean, like, how do you find a place to create a product that kind of fits your specifications?
1: Is that something yeah. easy to do? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So I I looked into getting a wholesaler, and I had been doing this for months. I was, you know, spending time online, calling different places. Um, you know, you, you, there's so many questions you you want to ask. And I was, you know, learning myself. And I'm, okay, so where's your farm located? You want to know, are they practicing organically? Are they growing organically? And um, how are they extracting the, 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 compounds from the plant? So there were so many things that I was learning that you need to ask a wholesaler. Um, cause that's what you want to do. You want to find a wholesaler that will, will get you the product and then you can brand it, which is what I do. So people always ask me like, Oh, you make CBD oil? I said, no, I'm not a scientist. In <laughs> your- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, no way. I said, this is, it is bottled and sealed to me by the time it gets to my door. Um, But so, yeah, so you, you have to find someone that you trust. And I found, you know, a company online and so they're, they are now my wholesaler and, you know, they provide me with the, the lab testing for each batch that's done, which is amazing. And that's what everyone should do. And that way, if, you know, my clients are concerned or have questions, I can just send that right over to them.
0: That's really awesome. That is really awesome. What do you, what do you primarily recommend? um, uses for CBD? Oil. Yeah.
1: So there's, I think it's different for everyone. So pain relief is a big one. Um, there's definitely some benefits to that. Usually higher dosage, um, would be beneficial for pain relief. And sometimes THC comes into play, which again, my product doesn't have THC in it. Um, I don't have a full spectrum product yet. Uh, maybe down the road I'll consider that, but right now it doesn't. But so pain relief, um, you know, anti-seizure properties. I have a client who's epileptic who's using it um and has had incredible benefits, which is awesome. His neurologist even signed off on it, which I thought was really, really wonderful. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, anxiety and depression. So there's been, you know, some some uses for that with a lot of my clients. Uh there's a little bit of research on the idea of, you know, fighting cancer and possibly having anti-tumor effects. Um, but again, there's no, no claim to say that, that that's gonna cure, or solve cancer or anything like that. Um, but the biggest, the biggest things that my clients will find or have found with the uses are things like sleep, um, anxiety, depression, um, symptoms, and just overall kind of pain management. And we're, I'm not talking, you know clients who have extreme pain. we're talking like you know soreness from a workout or some back pain from having a heavy lifting job. Um, you know, h- much higher dosages would probably be more appropriate for someone who is, you know, in severe, severe pain.
0: Sure. Well, I think that's so. I think it's awesome that you're that passionate about it that you're even selling your own product. Yeah. Because Thank that just means that you put that TLC into a product. Yeah. Thought into it. Well, and there's so there's so many different ones on the market, and I wouldn't yeah. know even where to begin to. Like I had a client come into my office and she pulled out like four different ones out of her purse. And I'm like, I don't even know what, I don't even know. I can't even yeah. tell you what is the right thing yeah. to look for.
1: So mm-hmm. And so, to, you know, I'll when a client does that, better. I always say, yes. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was like, I'll have
0: to look at it. So what do you say with a client would bring out a bottle and say, well, is this is a good one or what do I, yes. what should I look for?
1: So I always ask for, I say, you know, go back to the company and ask them for the certificate of analysis. I say, I want the lab testing because, uh, you know, other than that, there's no way to say what's in it. Um, But the, but the first thing to do with a label is to look, okay, what's in it? Is it, is it, is there actually, you know, CBD oil in here? And so you want to say, okay, is there, is there stevia in it? Is there natural flavors? Is it mostly olive oil? Um, because there's no way to tell what is actually the the composition of what's in it by looking at the label. You need the certificate of analysis to do that. And so, you know, you can look at the label and say, okay, what is what's in here? And, you know, is there artificial colors, flavorings, what have you, and are those appropriate? And then the next step would be, okay, the only way that I can ensure that this is really safe for you to take is with that, with those lab reports. Okay. Well,
0: that's a good to know, because I would have never
1: I mean, I'm like, I have, and I, I agree. There's
0: probably things like olive oil. There's probably a whole bunch of different additives and a lot of these different products and Mm -hmm. price points too. So I'm sure maybe not one that costs $10 is going to be a
1: really good option. Gas stations will sell, and so a lot of the times that, like yeah. you said, it's mostly just like olive oil. There's my client came in today, and he said, "Yeah, I saw honey sticks at the gas station that had CBD oil in them." I just laugh and oh my god. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you're paying for a great quality product, you know you might spend a little extra, but that's because you're paying for good quality. And um, Consumer Labs also is has been testing some CBD products which um, I usually tend to pump out on social media on my stories if, if there is a quality product that's been approved by consumer labs because they'll randomly test products and say, okay, there, there is actually CBD oil in here or there is actually THC in here. So I'm always sharing those. I'm not, you know, there's no competition here. I'm literally just trying to provide people with safe, good quality products. So if there are other brands out there that are um, you know, giving a, a true product that they say is what it is, then I will share, I share those.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome yeah. to know because it's just, it's a whirlwind of, like you said, coffee shop, gas yeah, yep. any, any nutrition store. I mean, mm-hmm. there's even like, there's even drinks I've seen that have CBD yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. I'm always, you always are like, well, what is, what is this person really going to get from taking yeah. this? And I think if you're an, actual practitioner, how long does it take to become a practitioner?
1: So I'm not sure actually, because it, well, I mean, I'm sure how, how many like classes and whatnot there are on the actual thing, but you, you do it at your own pace. So it's totally up to you. You could probably do it in a couple months. You could do it in a year. It depends how, how much time you have. Um, yeah, sure.
0: That's exciting. Well, you'll, I'll be watching for when you're all
1: Yes, I would sorry. love to
0: hear a presentation like you saw at Fancy on, on more about that because absolutely get a lot of questions about it. There's a lot of questions yeah. about it. As,
1: as and it's good. As, I, I want people more- to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I want that. I think that that's, that's what we should be doing in all areas of nutrition is, you know, we should be asking why. We should be asking what's in everything. We should be educating ourselves because, you know, that's, that's the most important thing. Well, I... I probably have asked you questions.
0: I'll just be, you'll just be my guru. So if <laughs> yeah, I have questions, <laughs> I'll, absolutely. Be, I'll be sending you messages. Please do. <laughs> and Please I will definitely put your, put your website, because your website is, is that where you sell your product as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's on your website and I'll definitely share your Instagram handle and all those things. Awesome. You, have, you do share a lot of great a great information on your instagram handle too thank you so you've taught thank me you. a
1: lot of things so thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course it was a pleasure talking with you it's been so nice spending the last hour together
0: i know i know and i love i just think all the things that you're doing is just progressive and it's an area they're both areas that i think everyone needs a little bit more information about and dietitian, yeah including educating mm-hmm ourselves a little bit more. Mental health side, CBD side, all of that type of stuff. Very important. Absolutely. Well, I know that I will keep in touch with you, but I do have to mm-hmm. ask you the hard, the hard questions now. Which if you've <laughs> listened to the podcast, you know them.
1: Yep, so you'll I love have them. to
0: share. you. Oh, good. Mm-hmm, good. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Too. Um, well, please share with me some of the foods yeah. that you enjoy.
1: Mm -hmm. So I would say some of my favorite foods are basically any sort of nut butter or seed butter. I absolutely love almond butter. Um, Trader Joe's is my favorite brand. Um, I love sunflower seed butter. And um, so that's my that would be my first favorite food. Um, I love, 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 love chocolate. Chocolate is like a. I think that I, I've transitioned in my life from from more of a candy person to more of a chocolate person, and I think that from a mental health perspective, everyone should should in, indulge in some chocolate every once in a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that's that's a good prescription I can get behind. I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Do you like? I dark, could talk- are you dark chocolate? Dark chocolate, milk chocolate, all chocolate? Um, I so I don't like just plain chocolate. I like something in it, so something with a crunch. Um, almonds or even just like sea salt or something, but more of not completely dark. I'd say like a 65 to 75%.
0: That's a good range. Yeah. Yeah. Not too much.
1: It's just a lot of flavor. exactly.
0: What about beverages? What are some beverages you enjoy?
1: My favorite beverages. So I am a tea like addict. I love tea and it is the best way to get me to drink tons of water, especially in the winter when I'm freezing and don't want to. <laughs> um, I love like chai teas and ginger teas. Um, just anything like all, all types of teas. And, um, I love a good Moscow mule. I know you said no alcoholic drinks are off limits. So I would say that would be no, yeah. <laughs>
0: absolutely I'm a tea drinker too and I chai tea is probably like my absolute favorite as well oh chai so, is the best I'm with you it is the best I kind of want to just put chai in everything that I eat almost
1: <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea I think we should we should talk I more know. about that <laughs> I
0: know I was even thinking like how
1: good it would it be in like enchilada sauce like an amazing cha- probably chai. amazing but, I know
0: so good. these so <laughs> delicious. So maybe so. if I, if I come up with that creation, I will share. Please, please do. Do you have, do you have a favorite, um, favorite color or color?
1: So my favorite color, I was thinking about this one when I was reading your, your thing. Um, so I like to think of what color I, I think I'm drawn to more like pastel type colors, like Easter type colors. I really seem to like those a lot. Um, I also really like the color purple. Purple, It's purple, so awesome. I love it. Is love purple? You know, I think like especially like a darker purple. purple. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to get drawn to those like in clothes, like dark purples and Mm -hmm. and Mm eggplants. nail, like nail polish, all that kind of stuff. So yes, yeah. Um, a favorite scent or favorite scent.
1: My favorite scent is probably. Oh, this is a tough one for me. Um, I don't really like lavender because I grew up, I think I grew up on too much lavender. I think I'm so out lavendered for some reason. Um, but I love like <laughs> lemon essential oils or um, citrusy type type smells.
0: Kind of clean. I was going to ask if you liked essential oils, if you used them or if yes, they were kind love- your day
1: love them. I don't use them as much as I probably should, but I have a diffuser in my room and I tend to use them more when I'm cleaning the apartment or, you know, right before going to bed, but I love them. I think everyone should try to use them at least a little bit.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. Citrus is delicious. It's yeah. so clean. It makes you, feel, even if your house isn't clean, it makes it seem like,
1: yeah, which I definitely <laughs> need, especially after a long day of meal <laughs> prepping for my clients. It's like, okay, something needs to look nice here.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet your kitchen gets destroyed. Huh? Oh
1: yeah. Oh yep.
0: Yeah. Do you prep for yourself at the same time?
1: You're I really... do. Well, I, I do yeah. like a, a half version of it where I cook a lot of bulk stuff and then I eventually just create meals with it throughout the week. I don't portion anything out or I just kind of go with what I'm feeling.
0: That's a, yeah. That would be more of my, the way I would do it. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, what brings you joy in life? What brings me joy in life? I love babies and dogs. I would say would be the first thing. And then just seeing other people happy and seeing other people be the best versions of themselves and being their happiest self.
0: And I'm sure you apply that with your, all the people in your life, your people yes. that you
1: practice with, your yep. family.
0: I mm-hmm. definitely see that about you. That's
1: I awesome. ask every client at the beginning of our session, I ask each client, what would the best version of yourself look like? And that's where we start off.
0: Oh, I like, is that hard? Is it hard to get
1: answers in the beginning? I, and I tell them, I say, you know, you don't have to answer that, but I want you to think about it as we go through the session. I want that to be something that you know, and it, let's not talk just about physical, let's say, okay. And, and, you know, I had a client today said mental clarity, more focus and I, things like that, I think are a good reminder of, okay, what, what's the ultimate goal here in life? What are we, what's the big picture here? What's our purpose? What is our, what is our passion? And, um, you know, leading with that, it can be very powerful.
0: That's a great way to start a session. We, yeah. we just, dietitians. we just need to <laughs> reformulate a little yes. bit, I think. Yep. hmm hmm <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I'm excited oh. I got the opportunity to talk with you. And oh, the pleasure it was mine. Me.
1: Seriously. Good. Okay. Well, thank you.
0: Erin is very inspiring and I appreciate how her passion comes from such a personal place. Mental health is an area for dietitians which I think is emerging. And I agree with Aaron that the science of understanding it is a great place to start educating ourselves. So much of our profession is interacting with our clients, especially their mental health and during the process, taking care of our own. My website and is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available to purchase on my website, and I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Anne Elizabeth RD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.